Why didn't you tell me that earlier? No, I even, I, we did a whole show and you never brought this up. What? You're saying there is a Dr. Seuss in the Amazon that set this whole synod thing up as a revolution? Uh-huh. And you want me to believe that the real Dr. Seuss, the one that wrote Cat in a Hat, wrote the book as a revolution? Hmm. Ah, well, let's see where that goes. Welcome, everybody. I were recording. You heard it. Dr. Seuss, Amazon Sydney, Marxist Revolutions. What's this all about? Let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Fatima gave us the blueprint of how things were going to go if men didn't repent when she said, if men don't repent, Russia will spread her errors throughout the world, but in the end, her immaculate heart will triumph. We're seeing a lot of this play out, and, and if you know, they say, I have this old saying that history rhymes. You know, it doesn't repeat, but it rhymes with each other. And last year, we had a, a, an image on the Bellarmine Forum that came from when the Pope opened the, the synod, the youth synod in 2018. You might recall, there'll be an image on the show notes, that he used this, uh, well, they kept calling a staff or a crozier. Other people that looked it up said it was clearly a witch's stang. It was a strange very, very strange staff. It turns out that the thing had been manufactured by a Wiccan coven in Italy and two young women, two young women brought the, uh, the, the stang to the Pope as a gift. And he said he would use it for the youth synod. So it looked like, oh, you know, young people, young things, let's use this gift of these young people to open the synod. Around that time, and we reported on it last year, uh, the roof of the titular C church of Cardinal Coco Palmario collapsed. Now, you can't make this up. Today, well, yesterday, many people saw, or by not you might have heard of it, there was a, a mm, ceremony, let's call it. Uh, others are saying a pagan seance. Others are saying a spirit circle uh, in the Vatican Gardens, where they were supposed to plant a tree for the ecology, but it, it rapidly got really strange. There were two wooden idols of naked pregnant women, uh, a number of other things that people have seen online, including what some think is a, is a fertility idol, which is a, near the uh, pregnant women is a wooden statue of a man. It's either his arm or he's ready to impregnate. Um Either way, it's in not quite the right thing that you would think of for an indigenous people's uh, activity going on in the in the Vatican Gardens. Nonetheless, pictures, you can see a snake in the background and things like that. And they gave a gift to Pope Francis. And then when one of them brought two, two locals that were visiting the Vatican from the Amazon Basin, uh, one was dressed kind of like a shaman. Many people called her a shaman. The other one was 
just in a villager's attire type thing. One of them allegedly called one of the naked wooden statues Our Lady of the Amazon. We'll get into that. Now, so there's our pagan open to the synod like last year. Oddly enough, when yesterday uh, Pope Francis was ordaining four bishops, pieces of the roof of St. Peter's were falling. So they had to evacuate part of St. Peter's. I, I, I'm not kidding you. So it's just like the open of the synod last year. You've got the pagan stuff. You've got roofs collapsing. Weird. Very, very, very weird. Look on the show notes. You can see the picture if you don't remember what that thing looked like last year. There's also a picture of this uh, and a link to uh, the Italian uh, newspaper report, Il Messaggero, with reporting about St. Peter's. No joke. You know, but it's a lot like the book, The Cat in the Hat. Thing one and thing two and all these crazy things to do. And the news just reported that these pieces of the ceiling falling in St. Peter's were just, quote, small fragments. You know, nobody got hurt. And uh, oddly enough, the cleanup continued. And Vatican News, when reporting on this stuff occurring in the garden, simply said nothing about the shaman in the spirit circle. What's odd is that uh, members of the Spadaro spin cycle, you know, our our, uh, progressive uh, media launcher, report that the two pregnant statues represented the visitation and were supposed to be Mary and Elizabeth. You know, I think that those guys are dipping in the ayahuasca already, or at least on DMT or something, and, and reporting things uh, under the influence. Sure. We'll go with that, though, Let's, if it makes everybody feel better. Oddly enough, the real Dr. Seuss. Let's talk about him for a minute. A couple of years ago, he was interviewed uh, on uh, his intentions for the cat in the hat. His real name's Theodore Greasel, but he went by Dr. Seuss. He described the book, The Cat in a Hat, as a revolt against authority. But he said it's not that bad. It's ameliorated by the fact that the cat cleans everything up at the end. Just like the Vatican News and the people that are spinning what happened in the trying to say that was an indigenous representation of the visitation. You clean everything up at the end, it's okay, right? That's what Dr. Seuss said about The Cat in a Hat. Now, what I thought was more interesting about it, this Dr. Seuss seems to imply that the end justifies the means because before the mother returned, everything got cleaned up. So it doesn't matter what happened. Nobody saw it. No harm, no foul. It's a lot like Vatican news reporting, right? We're all supposed to believe it was okay because the mother never saw what happened, but they defied the bless. They defied the mother in that story the whole time. Right. And the goldfish kept warning them. So with our blessed mother, in some ways, with that Fatima warning, in the end, my immaculate heart will triumph. So it seems that the cat in the hat might be loose in the Vatican. Apparently, thing one and thing two have been loosed and all havoc is being wrought. Uh, Cardinal Burke must be our goldfish in the story, though, or Cardinal Mueller, because the goldfish in the cat in the hat kept warning the children, you ought not do this, your mother, the rules of the house. But they did anyway. Cardinal Burke, likewise, Cardinal Mueller has been warning everybody, Bishop Schneider, hey, this stuff in the Synod is a bad idea. 
It goes against the things that God revealed to us. It goes against our mother church. But since everybody thinks that nobody's watching, the mother's gone at the moment, everything's going crazy, just like in the story. Well, in case you think that the Dr. Seuss that wrote The Cat in the Hat wasn't intentional when he met revolution or that revolution against authority means something different than the communist transformation. He described it, it, it that the book didn't go as far, it, was, it went as far as Kerensky and then it stops in its revolution, but it didn't go as far as Lenin. Now, Alexander Kerensky was the revolutionary cat in the hat for Seuss. Kerensky was in, he was a Russian lawyer. And he was in the, he began the revolution against the Tsar in Petrograd. They say that he was one of the most uh, articulate lawyers in uh, parliament. He had created uh, whole sections of, of uh, Petrograd, basically breaking away from the authority of the Tsar. Uh, but he got what was coming to him because when bloody October revolution came led by Lenin, they came after Kerensky. The useful idiots are always taken out in the end. And since Kerensky wasn't going to go all the way to the bloody revolution of Lenin, well, Lenin was going to take out Kerensky. That's how it works. Kerensky was a Freemason. And uh, even though Lenin and everything was going after him, he found no uh, comfort or security in the, in the Masons and had to flee to France, back to the Grand Orient of Paris. Just a little bit of a little bit of side trivia about odd selections that Dr. Seuss had when making the cat in the hat talking about revolutions. But we see that some revolutionaries have morals and limits. They don't want to go as far as Lenin. They don't want to go right to the bloodbath. So it's the idea that those revolutions and the revolutionaries maybe in the Vatican gardens, it goes as far as indigenous paganism but it doesn't go as far as sacrificing a child if you think that the indigenous people aren't doing things like that hang on because i've got quotes from one of them that'll tell you that'll just blow your mind as to what's going on in the amazon but let's get first to another dr seuss father dr seuss paulo seuss south american this is the real Dr. Seuss of the Amazon Synod. He's a priest and professor in South America. You might recall him. Maybe some don't remember this, but years ago when Pope Benedict came to Latin America, there was a priest that was a liberation theologist and tried to dress Pope Benedict down for the church, that the church needed to change, and it was taking the wrong approach, and they ought not be proselytizing those indigenous peoples. That is our Dr. Seuss. Maybe you don't remember that. It only happened after a Kerensky-type revolution at that time. Uh, just the articulated speech of a liberation theologist posing some anti-authority rhetoric the way Kerensky was the articulate lawyer in the par- Russian parliament speaking against the czar. Very bizarre parallels there. Paul, uh, Paulo Seuss speaking uh, against basically the papal authority and the church's authority and doing it in an articulate way. And you had Kerensky, Seuss's uh, inspiration for Cat in the Hat, 
speaking against the czars. So we wonder if Paulo likes Karl Marx after all, because his Facebook page of Dr. Seuss, our father, Dr. Seuss in South America, he posts, he had gone and visited the the tomb of Karl Marx and uh, Martin Luther. And he posts this very sympathetic screed about him that we, you know, we can't really judge them and, you know, they meant to do well. And you know, that thing that revolutionaries stick together, I guess. So for, at least for Dr. Seuss, Marx is better than Lenin. Marx just wrote poems and about his pact with the devil and argued in favor of revolution. Lenin actually killed people for it. I mentioned in our, uh, one of our earlier special reports that, uh, Bishop Erwin Kreutler was the one that inspired the Amazon sit-in or pushed for it when he met with Pope Francis in 2014. He brought Dr. Seuss, Paolo Seuss, with him. And that's what began. Now, some of them say Kreutler brought Seuss with them. Other ones say Seuss brought Kreutler with them. But those are the thing one and thing two of the synod. These are the two that are wreaking havoc in the Amazon. And we spoke about Kreutler the other day, but Seuss convinced Pope Francis that we needed a synod in the Amazon to help the indigenous tribes fight the power of the mean colonists and to work on new ways. Get the jargon, pastoral agents, not priests, not vocation. See, Pope Benedict had told Latin America to pray for vocations. We'll get to that in a minute. These guys came to Pope Francis and said, we need a new way to do it. On Die Presse, a German newspaper, uh, published a, an interview with Bishop Kreutler in 2014 when he reported on the meeting with Pope Francis and the idea of the synod. Kreutler had said that he, he told the Pope, and the Pope agreed, that celibacy is not obligatory for celebrating the Eucharist. In other words, for saying Mass. You don't have to be celibate. In regards to making more people able to celebrate Mass, the German kind of uses a couple words. They're saying access to saying Mass. In other words, like it's an access issue. Who can become a priest is an access issue. Like there's a locked door. Kreutler reported... Oh, Pope Francis is very open to looking at women and Mary Priest. He 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 will not have a solution overnight, but he has literally told me the bishops, the regional bishops, should make courageous, courageous proposals. Some now some translations say bold, bold proposals. So Kreutler had said that in response to a question from the German interviewer whether or not they were going to loosen the rules of access to the priesthood. There's that access thing again. Kreutler said, celibacy means that a man or a woman, now we're talking about priests, and he's already putting women in there, is committed to living helplessly. Uh, uh, Priests aren't helpless. Celibate priests are not helpless. So he says that it's Kreutler. The jargon blows my mind. One proposal would be to decouple celibacy of Eucharistic celebration. So there's that idea again that you don't have to be celibate to say mass. So it's working on all fronts of this thing, men and women, 
whether or not celibate. Croyler said, I hope Francis will implement that process, uh, but it hasn't been allowed so far. Pope Benedict said, we pray for priestly vocations. Here, so here they're both, Croyler and Seuss, still back to Benedict's solution in Latin America was to pray for vocations, offer sacrifice that God would send shepherds. Now these guys are going to fix it themselves. And he, Croyler says, this is in 2014, so this is five years ago. This Pope is different. He wants to start a process. There are now, quote, open doors. So, Croyler said that, you know, whether the door's closed, he said, as long as the door's there. You know, he was saying that Pope Francis said the door's closed, but Croyler said, no, 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 it's, a, it's better. There's a door there. It's not walled over. At least we can find it. We got something to break into then. He says that the door to women ordination should be open, and on, uh, but he didn't think it would happen under this pope. So he said, this is all going to get started, but he just didn't think we're going to see women's ordination yet. And then another throw in at the end of the interview, when asked about liberation theology, he said, people say it's Marxist. But instead, Kreutler says liberation theology is biblical. Now, what's funny is Dr. Father Paulo Seuss, I mentioned before, posts images of Marx. Now, liberation theology, and you got Croitley saying it's not Marxist, but then you've got Seuss' thing, too, over there praising and posting sympathetic ideas and writing sympathetic things for Karl Marx. I don't know. What's even crazier is he tried to use quotes from Evangelium Vitae to justify Karl Marx. Things are a little mixed up with these guys, just like they are in the middle of that book, right? See in the show notes, the, the, the Facebook post is there, and you can link and look at it yourself because it's it's just it's insane. You can see a picture of Dr. Seuss there, too. Paolo Seuss, Father Dr. Seuss. I think it's worth going to his page anyway because it's all it's all social social justice posts, revolution. Uh, a lot of pictures of indigenous people in their Indian, uh, their villager Indian uh, outfits, uh, folk attire, I guess we'd call it. Uh, a lot, uh, tons and tons and tons of that. It would look just like the kinds of, if you look at the post, it's just like the kind of stuff we've reported on in the past that CCHD uh, promotes with our money. All the things subverting the Catholic faith in the United States funded by the uh, CCHD, it's the same kind of, almost the exact same post that this guy's posting. So you get the sense from that, who, where he's coming from. Then I found it kind of interesting. In 2018, Seuss and Kreutler met with Pope Francis again. Because this is as the sin was announced and things. So I got a little picture of all them together on there. Um. And what I've noticed, the other thing you'll see in, in Seuss's post is he hides behind indigenous people a lot, just like this picture was Pope Francis, you know. Just like Greta Thunberg was the child hostage of the banksters, you see these indigenous people being used like a human shield behind these guys. You know, and Seuss is the one, he said it way before the, the document, the Instrumentum Laboris was written for the working document for the Synod, He's been complaining about the church 
forces a European face on the Amazon basin instead of, and it needs, instead it needs an Amazonian face. He wishes to preserve the indigenous life, including the pagan rites, child sacrifices, and cannibalism. No joke. He, he, he's Kreutler. The other thing one is quoted as saying, I've never in my life baptized an indigenous and I do not have the intention of doing so. Get that from it. This is a bishop. Bishop. Now, baptism, we know, is is not just the, the healing of, of original sin, but it increases the capacity of the soul to hold supernatural grace. So he's basically by saying, I, I have no intention of baptizing indigenous people, nor have I ever wanted to. He doesn't want to bring salvation in, in God's gifts to these people. Or are they not worth it? Are they beneath that dignity? Dignity. Well, I think that's kind of interesting, nonetheless. Thing two, where uh, Father Dr. Seuss is head of uh, CIMI, an institute in charge of the ministry to indigenous peoples. Like Kreutler, Seuss also identifies as a liberation theologist and a professor. And he, now this is the guy that's heading the ministry to indigenous peoples. He says, indigenous ministry is not about conversions. And we do not have a right to proselytize, to belittle the religion of the other. Uh, did you get that? Not supposed to proselytize or belittle the religion of the other. There's one true God. If you profess the Catholic faith and you're an ordained priest, you believe there's one true God. He has revealed himself to us. He became man, died for us, rose from the dead, conquered death, and promises us if we follow him, we'll have eternal life with him in heaven. There's no other way to get there. Child sacrifice isn't a way to get there. Worshiping pagan gods and, and primitive deities and making idols and paganism is not a way to get there. These guys believe it is, though. I wouldn't call that belittling somebody else's religion, just not bringing salvation to them. Nothing belittling about it. It's just the devil has them enchained in paganistic darkness. We need to bring the light of Jesus Christ and the good news of the resurrection to them, right? Not according to these guys. Heck, the bishop won't even baptize them. I just think it's that's fascinating. For forcing all of this rhetoric that we need to honor these people, that they have higher dignity, that they would want them to stay in the dark chains of paganism, of slavery to the devil, of the broken nature of original sin, instead of freeing them, liberating them, giving them everything they need to enjoy eternal life with God in heaven. But they use them as weapons. These guys are revolutionaries. I said that Seuss posts a lot about that. He really does, and he talks about it. As a matter of fact, besides praising Karl Marx, it's exactly, exactly the case. 2014, quote from 
in an interview with Seuss, he says, the indigenous peoples are the revolutionary agents in South America. Let me repeat that. The indigenous peoples are the revolutionary agents in South America. They refuse to baptize them. They won't proselytize them. They don't want to belittle their religion, but they're going to use them as the revolutionary agents. Where's the revolution going? He's not being poetic here. Try this elaboration he made on the point. In the end, we want to build a new society because the capitalist society, this killing system does not work. We must change society. Who are we going to do it with? With the Amazon peoples, with indigenous people, with young people. Comrades, do you perhaps see the revolution yet occurring here? Or maybe you have been blinded by being called racist for not wanting pagan ceremonies in Vatican gardens, no? Hmm. So it comes right out of their mouth. They say exactly what they want, but, you know, we don't get reports on that. Seuss understands he can't go full on Lenin, though. Like, 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 like the original Dr. Seuss that didn't want a Lenin-style uh, revolt against authority. Yeah, Seuss tones it down a little bit, too. He tries to get back to the Kerensky level instead of Lenin. So he, he says, unfortunately... Because of the unity of the church, it will be difficult at this time to discuss the priesthood of women it, in the perspective of gradual transformation. What could be discussed now would be the female diaconate. That's a quote. So they know. We're going to use the indigenous people as a weapon. And we don't think we can get the women priesthood yet, but we're going to get the women diaconate. This is what the guy's saying exactly. He doesn't care about God. Have you heard him say anything about Jesus Christ? I, I, I didn't find any. I did find a picture he had of a, of a stylized representation of our Lord as sort of a South American native walking among the natives. And you know what? If it wasn't being used in a communist revolutionary sense, if it was actually done, say, in the case of the image in my dining room of Our Lady of Peking, where she and our Lord appear in the dress of Chinese imperial attire. They have Chinese features. I got no problem with that. This guy, though, he doesn't care about their culture. He's a tool. He's using these people as a tool. He's exploiting them. And he's doing it by saying that it's communist coming. It's the capitalist coming and exploiting them. Well, it sounds like everybody's exploiting these poor people to me. We need to tell them about the truth about God and bring them to the true religion. But I'll get to that. I'll get to that. I want to make this other connection here. I was talking about Our Lady of Fatima. She said Russia would tie, would spread her errors throughout the world. You see, and we've reported on it before, Madame Blavatsky in Russia began the Theosophy Society. It's a uh, pagan religion. It's a satanic religion that seeks to restore the times before the great flood and restore the natural wisdom, the ancient wisdom of the peoples before they knew God. Blavatsky spent tomes comparing the gods and goddesses of pagan societies around the world. They would do these syncretistic uh, or synchrony comparisons to try to understand the pantheon of all these of all these uh, pagan gods. 
and they would do comparisons back and forth. And I've, I've reported before her successor, Alice Bailey, stated the intentions to reveal, slowly reveal the demonic order and take down the imperialist order of Christianity. Her husband was 33rd degree Mason. Uh, Bailey was uh, uh, the head of the, the Theosophy Society, also known as sorcerers and witches. Uh, don't take my word for it, though. I've reported in the past that Russia identified them as sorcerers, Freemasons, and, and the occult. See the link in the show notes. Bailey set up through the, the Theosophy Society, through this Theosophical Trust, set up the Lucifer Trust. The, I can't make this up. Lucifer Trust formed the foundation of the United Nations. I've posted stuff in 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 uh, Lorraine Connor of the of, of Blessed Memory uh, from the Wander Forum Foundation, written much on this as well. You've got others out there like Constance Cumbie, who's not Catholic but has done a great job looking at Theosophy begat the New Age begat, and it all comes around from this. Uh, the United Nations will be the way that they force the globalist order on everybody. So what do you have? September 14th, the triumph of the cross. Pope Francis says it is our duty to obey the United Nations. Just tying together themes here. Revolution, the world revolution, the fight against things, the establishment of the new Luciferian order worldwide, the globalist order. They want to return the world to pre-Diluvian times. Restore the indigenous people's natural wisdom of pagan worship. You can't make this stuff up. Dr. Seuss appears to have been inspired from a different light bringer than, than our Lord. You see now the revolution the Amazon's inspired by these errors. The ones that come out of Russia, they're tied together. These are the errors of Russia, and they're playing out right in front of us. It's not as bloody as Lenin yet. They're still keeping things at the Kerensky level. That means they're still afraid of us, right? Just like in the, you know, the, they give you the impression that they represent the indigenous peoples, but one of the things I love uh, is that there's reporting that this Chief Rayoni, I hope I'm saying his name right. He's given a warning to the sin of people. He says that the some of the indigenous tribes still practice infanticide and cannibalism. These are the people that Bishop Kreutler and Dr. Seuss refused to teach of God's revelation. These are the ones that they're allowing to continue their indigenous people's practices. This Chief Rayoni explained infanticide and cannibalism he explained they're encouraged to do so by the liberation theologians you know they said it's not marxist right no it's clearly no it's not it's something greater than marxism though Karl marx made a pact with the devil it's luciferian some of the practices among these indigenous people in these tribes reports the chief include the requirement that if a baby's born handicapped it must be eaten uh I said that correctly, and it's what he said. Among these indigenous, and this is witnessed and known to Bishop Kreutler and Dr. Seuss, Father Dr. Seuss. 
chief reports that a number of these indigenous tribes believe that if a baby is born handicapped, it must be eaten. Obviously, if somebody believes that they're going to suffer the ill fate of God, they have to eat this child. That's terrible. They need to be broken free of that. They need to be freed from the lies, from the darkness of the devil, right? We have a bishop and a a priestly professor that have set this synod up that don't think they need that. That's your people that have written the working document of the Amazon Synod. Those are the people that set this up and have been crying for it. What's worse, chief reports that the liberation theologists are, quote, indoctrinating the Indians to steal, to kill farmers' cattle, to hate the white man who wasn't a priest. In other words, just trust us. All these other white men, they're, they're bad for you. Just trust us, the liberation theologists. We're, we're, we're not as bad as Len. We're just Kerensky types. They told him to uh, invade private property, not to accept electric uh, power, roads, armies, and even to hate their own relatives. And the chief nails it right down. He says, you know, there are people who still lament why and how their own brother, father, and brother-in-law became their enemy. And the chief says, dividing peoples this way is satanic work. Bingo. Yes, it is. Because they're not following the standard of Christ. Christ told us, go out and make disciples of all nations. He didn't say, well, Christ never, because Jesus delivered the truth and is the truth. When St. Paul, well, we'll get into that in a minute. There's only two standards, though. If they're not going to pass along Kreutler and Seuss' divine revelation and encourage the, if they're actually encouraging the divisions and crimes reported by Chief Rowley, I can assure you they're not following the standard of Christ, period. So just to anybody might uh, wonder, Chief, Chief Rayoni is not like, you know, he, he's also a big environmentalist. This is something I said in an earlier thing. You know, I've worked in environmental law. I've worked as a chemical engineer on environmental projects. I, I care for the earth. I'm just not not into the Marxist revolution that's riding the backs of those things. It sounds like Chief Rayoni isn't either. So if these people are fighting Seuss and Kreutler for a revolution, and that revolution is taking advantage of the indigenous people, then it follows at least some of the people being taken advantage of would speak up, right? And that's exactly what Chief Rayoni did. And that tells me that, okay, the, the Leninists aren't in power yet. They're the softer Kerensky types still for now. But the other day I spoke about the strange fascination of some moderns with the Amazonians. And that, that fascination even included the Nazis who had these plays, the Nocter Amazonian. Uh, and, and it featured bare-breasted women dancing around for hours representing the emancipation of women. You know, I brought up that the Amazonians, the ancient ones, the women warrior tribes worshiped Artemis. Artemis is, is one of the Greek pantheon. She was the daughter of Zeus and um, the grandest temple of Artemis was at Ephesus. Now the Romans called Artemis Diana. And you might remember that St. Paul had trouble at Ephesus 
flew to the temple of Diana slash Artemis. They were powerful. Very powerful. And I brought up that when the, during the revelation of the apocalypse to St. John, it was on the Isle of Patmos, right there, Temple Ares and Artemis. The Amazonians had built it. That's what the, the foundation of the city was. It's right there where apocalypse was revealed. One of the things that's interesting is Artemis had asked it. You know, let's talk about the weirdness of Artemis for a minute. She's she was the pagan patroness of pregnancy. She asked Zeus if she could remain a virgin her her whole life. She was a great hunter, shot arrows, had numerous uh, kills in the myths of Greeks, and and she was a. Uh, supposedly she was patroness of the pregnant because she was supposed to help women ease the pains of labor. She's also the moon goddess images of Artemis deport. Uh, they, they show her with a lunate crown, which is a crescent moon in uh, in the pagan calendar. Her day was the sixth day of the lunar cycle. If you think of if the new moon, you know, you don't see the moon. If the moon's just starting, it makes this little crescent and then that crescent gets bigger until it's half moon and a full moon, et cetera, et cetera. She would be at the beginning of that uh, with the, with the uh, waxing, what they call waxing crescent. But you think of the crescent moon, just a sliver of the moon being there and then turn it on its side. And then you have a crown. Artemis was shown with that kind of crown. That was the moon. So the moon was on Artemis's head. Weird story about, Artemis is that supposedly they were going, uh, people were going to sacrifice a young girl, Imogenia. Artemis stopped the sacrifice, took Imogenia off the altar and replaced it with a deer and then raised Imogenia as her daughter, subsequently renamed her as Hecate, who is the goddess of spirits and spell casting in the night. So Artemis, was the mother of the goddess of magic, in other words, spell casting. Weird stuff, but what's weirder about it is Hecate's the priestess, the woman priestess. Get it? Artemis was the mother became the mother and raised who the goddess of women priestesses in the pagan world were. She's pregnant and attached to the moon. Think for a moment, there's a picture of a Hecate with a lunate crown on. Now, these idols that were in the Vatican Gardens were two pregnant women. It made me think of Artemis and this deeper connection between the Amazonians who worshipped Artemis and these pagan gods being uh, brought up. Now, the queen of the Amazons fought in the Trojan War. Just think it's weird that we have this Trojan horse happening with this pagan ritual. One of the people, the two that brought the idols up to Pope Francis said, it's Our Lady of the Amazon. And so Pope Francis then blessed it. No, you know, he doesn't know any better. To a big skerfuffle on Twitter. Nobody's ever heard of Our Lady of Amazon. It's like the Trojan horse. By naming it that, by dressing it up, by putting this pagan idol in some sort of wrapper that makes it sound like uh, something that would be Catholic, it got through the gate. 
I think that's interesting. Our Lady of the Amazon. And one of the reasons I think is with the Trojan horse connection, everything like that, is there's this push to make women priests. And you have this connection to Artemis and the gods they're worshiping and the Amazonians who they worshiped made a woman priestess, goddess of priests. And there was this thing with the sacrifice in the altar. Priests, our priests follow like Abraham. Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son for our Lord until the angel came and said, no, 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 you don't need to do that. And they re- and there was a ram there. And instead of killing Isaac, they killed the ram. Kind of a the devil kind of mocking the way things really work with this story about Artemis, don't you think? So we have two standards, that of Christ, that of Satan. And they seem to be playing out metaphorically in some of this is what it goes on. The revolution, it seems, really is underway. But I think that Paulo, Seuss, and Kreutler are wrong to think that they can be run around like thing one and thing two. That's the thing is these revolutionaries seem to think because they aren't getting immediately hurt that it's okay and that the blessed mother's not coming or that it doesn't understand what's going on or if nobody sees it, it's okay. If like the cat in a hat, if by the time there's an accounting for it, it's all fixed, it's all okay, right? And justifies the means. Well, it doesn't. Think for a moment, Our Lady Guadalupe, you know the story, shows up and think of the image. I think it's amazing. I've heard it said a million times that the, the imagery that in the symbols that the Blessed Mother chose for making Our Lady Guadalupe spoke to the indigenous beliefs, the pagan beliefs that were there in Mexico, and they understood she was something greater than their gods, and she was bringing somebody greater. They knew that just from the way she looked. And Our Lady, Our Lady Guadalupe is pregnant in the picture. And instead of having the moon on her head like Artemis, it's beneath her feet. She's something greater than these pagan gods and indigenous peoples. And she loves each one of us so much. She loves these indigenous peoples so much. I think it's criminal that these the bishop and, and, and the person who orchestrated the Amazon Synod refused to Tell these people how good the Blessed Mother is. Refuse to bring them into the fullness of truth to understand who God is and who he revealed himself to be and what he did for each one of us and how much he loves each one of us. Whatever pagan god or shaman, whatever that was, that was channeled in the Vatican Gardens doesn't love those people and exploits them. And that's what tells me that one more thing that tells me that the Dr. Seuss of the Amazon Synod and his thing to friend Bishop uh, Kreutler are exploiting the indigenous people. Tells me who their father is. Well, just like Our Lady Guadalupe foretold this and knew and could see what was coming and put symbols in place through Our Lady of Guadalupe, there was Our Lady of Quito. There's so many apparitions of the Blessed Mother through South America, too, that we need to take Cardinal Burke and Muller have told, asked us to pray the rosary. Bishop Schneider has asked us to pray the rosary. Our Lady of Fatima asked us to pray the rosary. Pray the rosary. And, and, and 
Well, that's all we can do at this point. I wanted you to hear how history rhymes and learn about the new doctor, this Dr. Seuss, Father Dr. Seuss. It's kind of strange how it all works together, but the revolution really is there. And the goals they have aren't those of our Lord. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. You've been listening to a special presentation of the Bellarmine Forum, founded as the Wander Forum Foundation in 1965 on the heels of Vatican II. Today's show, History Rhymes, The Real Dr. Seuss of the Amazon Synod, is brought to you by an anonymous donor that asks you to pray your rosary. Subscribe to this podcast. Links are on the Bellarmine Forum website, which is bellarmineforum.org. I'm your show host, John B. Manos. I'm president of the Bellarmine Forum. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the show. Share it with others. There's weird stuff going on. So more importantly, pray your rosary. This show is made to the greater glory of God and to the honor of his blessed mother.